You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome to the Herd and Ten Podcast. We are in Kansas City. We're trying our best here. Um, we're in the hotel room, and uh, we're ready to go, baby. Let's go, Bills. I'm your host, Jake Fertinsky, my co-host right beside me, my brother, Kevin Fertinsky, and we're here to talk pre-game, preview before the massive Buffalo Bills-Kansas City game. This is as big as it gets. I can tell you, Kev, being at this game, being in this city so far, the people here, firstly, are extremely nice. Didn't think I would say that. I think the Kansas City fans have been extremely respectful of us going around in Bills gear for the entire weekend. But I also want to say there's a lot of just NFL fans here that clearly just want to see great football. They are here to see the best of the best. They are here to see Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. And I think we're going to get something special, no? Yeah, I think we're going to see fireworks today. And let's hope the right team, the Bills, come out on top. I think we have the two best quarterbacks in the league. I think we have the two best teams in the league, and I'm ready to see them duel it out, and hopefully the Bills hold it out with their stronger defense. Definitely excited to see this game. The best game I've ever been to, that's for sure. Let's hope, and uh, yeah, let's let's go Bills. So let's talk matchups to watch. I, I have a bunch noted down here. To me, the, the, the first, the top, the priority, Von Miller versus the Chiefs offensive line particularly with Orlando Brown, who, by the way, looked atrocious against the Raiders, got completely torched pretty much the entire game. I want to see, is Vaughn Miller the difference maker? Because that's why we brought him in. We brought him in to play the Kansas City Chiefs and take down Patrick Mahomes. You think he's going to handle them well? Yeah, obviously this is why we brought him in. You saw the playoff game last year. We got absolutely torched by Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. Obviously, Tyreek Hill is no longer there. But the biggest problem we had was corralling Patrick Mahomes. He ran circles around our D-line. How many times in that game we had him in our grasp and then we just let him go? Let's hope the Von Miller effect, where Von Miller can actually take him down, rubbing off on the entire defense, defensive line as a whole, and Rousseau, and maybe Jordan Phillips if he's playing at Oliver, let's hope they can actually contain Mahomes with that addition. And I think they will be able to. Look, Mahomes is going to score points. We know that. The question is, can we limit him enough so that we can win the game? We know what we have in our offense. It's incredible. Our defense has looked incredible. But last year, we also had a great defense, and Mahomes made, made us look horrible, especially by the end of the game. So not, we have to get off to a good start, but we also have to have a strong finish. And like you said, Von Miller, hopefully he's that closer we need to pull out these kinds of games against one of the two best quarterbacks in the league. Let's talk a little bit about the offensive side of the ball. Now, I don't have big concerns. I think we're in good hands with Josh Allen. But let's talk a little bit about the receiving core because we have a heck of a receiving core now. I mean, now you have Khalil Shakir who's entered and looks like he could be something special. 
You, of course, have Isaiah McKenzie back today. You still have Diggs. you got Davis. But there's another name who hasn't really performed up to expectations this year, and that's Dawson Knox. I'm not saying I'm concerned, but I'm certainly watching him a little more closely. I know he's been more focused on blocking, but we haven't seen a lot of receiving for him. We haven't seen a lot of yards. We haven't seen a lot of receptions. Of course, then, not a lot of targets either. Is this the game that maybe he finally comes out because we have Kansas City, who, by the way, is quite weak in their secondary. They have quite a few injuries. they got two rookies starting at cornerback. Maybe they're very focused on Diggs and Davis, and that opens up some opportunities for Knox. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I don't have a lot of concerns with Dawson Knox. Personally, he's a complementary weapon. I know we gave him a big contract going forward, but a lot of it is I think he's a really good blocker, and that helps protect Josh Allen and give him more time to throw. And then anything he catches is gravy. And I think he is a good receiving tight end. Do I think he's elite? Not necessarily. I don't think he's an elite tight end in the league. I think he's sort of middle of the pack. But with how good our receivers are, I don't think we necessarily need one of the top tight ends. But having said that, he could have a big game. We've seen him have big games. But we'll see today. I think he'll have a few catches. I don't think he's going to go off, particularly because the Kansas City secondary, I don't think they're going to be able to cover Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis. So I don't think we necessarily need our third or fourth option out there. I think Josh Allen's going to find Davis. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to find Diggs. I think they're both going over 100 yards today. Wow. Bold prediction from Kevin. I mean, I think that Diggs is going to have a good game. I know his over-under was 87.5 yards. Um, I think Davis's was extremely low at 56.5. I went over on that. I'm not recommending the bet by any means, but it's, it's certainly a tasty one. I think that, yeah, I, I mean, I think that we're going to see a little more from Knox. My, my hope is that we're going to. Um, but at the same time, if they can't stop Diggs and Davis, we don't necessarily need to see anything from Knox. I wouldn't be surprised if we're in the red zone. Maybe we see Knox get some targets in the red zone or at least some looks in the red zone. I think that that's certainly possible just given the fact that, again, like I've said this already, but Kansas City Chiefs, they have rookie cornerbacks, not particularly proven cornerbacks by any standard, and you have... Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs, one of the, if not the most dynamic duo in the NFL at this point in time, I think it's going to be very hard for Kansas City to slow them down. I mean, I hope this becomes a thing. I hope that, that there isn't a conversation about, you know, well, Dawson Knox had to go off because Diggs wasn't performing and Davis wasn't performing. I'm not convinced that that will be the issue, but I do think we're going to see a little more production from Dawson Knox today just because of exactly what I've said, which is even though they don't have a strong secondary, I think they're going to be very focused on Diggs. They're going to be very focused on Davis, and that might open things up for Knox. I want to cover another thing here about the receiving core before we move on. It just another thing came to my mind. Isaiah McKenzie versus Khalil Shakir. You and I have talked about this quite a bit already. McKenzie has looked really good. Of course, he goes down with the concussion. 
Shakir replaces him last week, looks electric, as you said, electric. And he makes some crazy catches, stuff that I've never seen McKenzie make. You know, his touchdown where he pulled it from the cornerback's hands, basically. I guess the question becomes, is Shakir going to be really digging into McKenzie snaps? I mean, let, let's not forget something. The Bills organization has never really given McKenzie a whole lot of respect. They've always given him the minimum deal. They've never given him the long-term deal. They've never truly believed in him as a returner. It almost feels like they would be very quick to move on from him if Shakir shows that he's better. And it should also be noted, Shakir is really fast. He might not be quite as fast as McKenzie, but he's got great speed, and he's a bigger player. So he's a little more dynamic than McKenzie. Do we start seeing a shift already this early on in the season from snaps from McKenzie to Shakir? I actually think we do. I think that Khalil Shakir has a much higher ceiling than Isaiah McKenzie. And I like Isaiah McKenzie. I think this is a really good problem to have. We have two guys who are going to push each other to be better. And I think there's, a, there's space for both of them in this, in this offense. And if one of them does get hurt, like we just saw with McKenzie, Khalil Shakir stepped in with ease, arguably played even better than McKenzie did. So this is a great problem to have for the Bills. I think we saw enough of Jamison Crowder where he didn't look good at all. I'm actually, I'm not happy he got injured, but it would have been nice for them to have given a chance to Khalil Shakir earlier because he looks way better than Jamison Crowder. He's as good, if not better, than Isaiah McKenzie. So to me, Shakir should be getting more snaps. And McKenzie, I, I think he still has a role in this offense. But going forward, to me, Shakir has a higher ceiling, and he's the guy. I love it. I mean, look, the show would be more interesting if I had a rebuttal, but I really don't. I think Shakir is the guy. It's funny because I love McKenzie. I've been supporting him all this way, and I think McKenzie's a very good player. But unfortunately for him, on a team like the Buffalo Bills, where the depth is just phenomenal, it's unmatched you have a rookie in Khalil Shakir who can just come in and take over very easily it's it's pretty amazing I mean the guy looks NFL ready he looks like he's ready to play and he's ready to play right now and maybe they find some sort of match where they can both be on at the same time look they both have great speed I think they can be utilized together I don't think it's the worst thing if they're also sharing snaps it keeps them a little more fresh let's Let's refer to what the Bills do on the defensive line. They love to rotate guys in. Why can't we do that on the receiving core? I think it's the same kind of concept. You want guys as fresh as possible, as fast as possible, as focused as possible. Let's not forget for a moment. Shakir did have a drop last game. We haven't necessarily seen that type of issue from McKenzie in the time that he's been with the Bills. So let's not get too far ahead of ourselves but certainly the potential is there, and there's no way that you can hold him back from the field. He needs to be playing every game. I don't know if he needs to be playing the majority of the snaps, but he certainly needs to be cutting in significantly into McKenzie's snaps because what he brings is just something truly special that we do not have elsewhere. Moving on to the final piece that we need to talk about in this game, and that is Mahomes versus Jordan Poyer. Because 
Let's talk about this because Jordan Poyer, he's leading the league in interceptions, okay, and he's missed games. He's missed time. He already has four interceptions. He's looked incredible. And not just that, the interceptions are coming at big points in the game. Talk about the Ravens game. He came up with the biggest pick, turned the game around. Without Poyer in that game, I'm not convinced we even win the game. I think we probably lose the game. So does Poyer come up big again? Is Poyer going to beat Mahomes? Is Mahomes going to beat Poyer? I do think there is that little bit of mono mono here. I know everyone's talking about Josh Allen versus Mahomes, but we know they're both going to cook. The question is, can Poyer step in and be that X factor? Yeah, I think it is very difficult to pick off Patrick Mahomes. And to me, it's a multi-layered effort. We have, in my opinion, superstars at every level of this defense. You got Von Miller up front. You got Matt Milano in the middle. <coughs> Not Tremaine Edmonds. That's why I say Matt Milano in the middle and Jordan Poyer on the back end. You maybe could throw Trey White in there usually when he's playing, but to me, all three levels of the defense, you have a superstar. And to me, if we're if Poyer's going to get an interception it's going to have to involve heavily the defensive line because Mahomes generally doesn't make mistakes. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to force him into a mistake. To me, it's we have to get out to a lead, and then we have to tee up our defensive line who's going to pressure Mahomes in a pass situation where he has to pass a third and long. Vaughn Miller, Rousseau gets a pressure on him, and that leads to an interception by Poyer. To me, it's a team effort against Mahomes. It's not going to be one guy. And we have it on all three levels. We have never had a defense like this, in my opinion. We have a defense that has superstars all over the field. They're giving up 12 points a game with only seven total points in the second half. That is absolutely incredible through five games. So to me, it's, it's a team effort, but Poyer is so essential on this defense. We are not the same defense without him. Not to mention in one of the games, we had two starting corners that were both rookies. One of them being Christian Benford, who no one thought anything of. Of course, we take him late in the draft. Let's talk a little bit about that. Christian Benford is back. We don't know in what capacity, but we know he practiced all week. He was limited, but he practiced. He's probably ready to go. Is he going to start? Is he not going to start? We don't know. But what we do know is I guarantee you the Kansas City Chiefs are watching that because there is no doubt that Benford has looked better than Kair Elam. Now, Elam had the pick, but he hasn't looked great. He's looked like he's not quite there yet, whereas Benford's looked more NFL ready. In a matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs, against more specifically Patrick Mahomes, our cornerbacks need to be the best that they can be. They need to be playing at their peak right now in this game. Is it a massive difference between Benford and Elam? I, I personally think it is. I think that there's a significant difference. And like I said, I think Kansas City is looking out for that. I think they're curious to see who starts. And I think that's going to determine where they're going to throw the ball. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I think if Benford is healthy, I think he starts. I don't think there's much of a question just because Elam really did have a tough game last week against Pittsburgh. He Who is not a good offensive team, okay? They're no offensive juggernaut. Let's, let's be clear about that. Yeah, he was getting picked on early and often in that game. And Benford, when he's played, he's looked terrific. So 
if he's healthy, I think Benford does start. I think they will split a bit of snaps as well. I think Elam will get some playing time here. But to me, Benford is the play. Yeah, and that makes sense. And look, my hope is that, yeah, that Benford plays more. Yeah, there could be some sort of split. I mean, personally, I hope there isn't. I know that we like to say there's there's learning opportunities for players. It's a good chance for them to learn. Honestly, this game to me is too important for us to be trying to teach lessons and have Elam learn. I want him to develop. I want him to grow. I don't think this is the right game to do it. I think if anything, it might hurt him. It might not help him. Now, we'll see how healthy Benford is. We'll see if he starts. We'll see how that share goes. But my hope is Benford's going to be playing almost the entire game, and hopefully we don't see too much of Elam. I, I don't think it's necessarily good for his development. And like I said, this, this game is, is crucial. I mean, we've talked about it. Yes, this is still early on in the season. This is before our bye week. But this is basically for first seed, right? I mean, who else is taking this in the AFC? I don't, I don't see anyone else. I know we got the Ravens, which we, which we ended up beating. I know there's the Chargers who've kind of been up and down, a little bit of a roller coaster. There's really the Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC. So to me, this might be an early season game, but boy, oh boy, this is important. Whoever wins this game is probably getting the first seed and will then have home field advantage. Let's talk about last season. I mean, the Bills didn't have home field advantage. They lose because of a horrible rule. You know, we don't get the ball in the end in overtime. You know, whatever. Let's not go through it in too much detail. But the Bills lose to Kansas City in Kansas City. So clearly there's an advantage to having home, and I think that this is one of those games that this is the difference maker. I mean, both teams are better than almost every team they play. So every game they go in expecting to win, if you win this game, you're probably getting the first seed. And if you lose this game, you're certainly not getting the first seed, I don't think. So this is a huge, huge game. Let's talk about keys to the game, specifically what the Bills need to do to win, of course. We're a Bills show. We need to talk about what the Bills need to do. So I got a few things marked here, and, you know, Kev, you can jump in, but the Bills need to score touchdowns. No settling for field goals. I mean, everyone knows that at this point. You can't be settling. Nothing conservative. Stop it with the Zach Moss runs for nothing. Let Josh Allen throw the ball. This is the game. Throw, throw, throw. This is the game. You want to see Allen throw 50, 60 times? This is the game to do it. This is as good of a game to do it. Now, he's done it already this season. He threw a game. I think he threw 62 throws in a loss. Okay, so we've seen it before, but this is the game that you throw touchdowns and you throw the ball. You don't need to be conservative. Now is not the game to do so. Now, you do want to control the clock. Let's, you know, let's not get too far out of ourselves, but you do really need to be scoring touchdowns. You really cannot be selling for field goals. Also, big plays are going to be huge. To me... You don't want to have to throw 60 throws. When, he's, when, when we're doing really well, we're throwing 20, 30, 40, 50 yards down the field for touchdowns. So to me, limiting the pass throws with deeper throws are going to be key as well, especially with the chief secondary that I don't, I don't think is very good. So we should be able to exploit downfield, and I think we're going to score a lot of points today. I think you nailed that on the head. Let's talk Mahomes here. we got to force Mahomes to make some contested throws. He cannot have a clean pocket. If you give him a clean pocket, forget it. If you rush with three guys, forget it. Now, you need to get to him. You also need to have guys back. I mean, I'm sure we're going to be in our typical nickel formation. We have that extra 
um, corner in there. But the Bills need to not only get to Mahomes, they need to also be back in coverage. So I think they're sending four. I think they're sending five. I don't think they're, you know, max blitzing or anything like that. I think we'll be sending a maximum of five guys. I don't think we're going to be blitzing them like crazy because Mahomes will pick us apart. But I do think we need to find a way to get to him with four and or five consistently. You really, really need to force him to throw contested throws. Make it difficult for him. Don't make it easy. We've played him enough now to see what he does when we make it look easy. You can't make it look easy with him. Otherwise, you're going to be in big trouble. You're going to be in a shootout, which is exciting for fans, but it's not really the greatest type of football, and it's not really the style of football we want to be playing, especially when the Bills have a much better defense than the Chiefs. So I think we need to show that. We need to prove that we are the number one defense and keep proving it week in and week out. Another piece, you've got to shut down the run game. The Chiefs actually have a half-decent run game. It's a little more impressive than the Bills, which is obviously one of the worst in the league. We need to be able to shut down Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You really need to be able to stop that so that you force Mahomes in a situation where you know he's throwing every time. Now, doesn't mean he's not going to cook on us. He is. But you need to shut the run game down. And I would say you need to shut it down very early on in the game. I think you need to put the Chiefs back on their heels, make them desperate, make them throw more than they want to. The Chiefs like to throw, but they actually like to set up the run. If anyone who's listening, if you've watched, the Chiefs like to stick to the run game as well and really try to push the run game. So you really need to stop it early on in the game and force them in a situation that they don't want to be in. Speaking of run game, if our run game is one of the reasons why we don't win this game, I think we may pull the trigger on Christian McCaffrey. That's sort of to be discussed at another time, but James Cook, I would like to see some more from James Cook today. I would like to see him getting some snaps because I think Zach Moss is terrible. I think Singletary's decent, but Cook is a little more electric. I would like to see Cook make a play today. I would like to see a play from Cook to show us that we don't need to trade for a running back. This is the game to do it. This is the game to let Cook play. This is the moment. Like, again, we talked about Vaughn Miller. This is the game that we signed him for. This is the team that we signed him to play against. I think it's very similar with James Cook. I think we brought him in for this style of game, a game where we're going to be throwing a lot, and like you said, big plays. We need big plays. It's not just thinking and ducking. You need big plays. You need guys to step up. This is the game for James Cook, and I don't want to say he needs to step up. He hasn't been given an opportunity, so we can't say that he hasn't looked good or he has looked good. I don't really know because we haven't really let him play. I mean, Looking at his snap count, he has 18% of the snap count for and running back. That is junk time. So, you know, he's had, call it 10% of the snaps in terms of quality time. That's not enough for a running back to get going. I've heard enough Hall of Fame running backs talk about that they need to get the ball a lot to get into a rhythm. Well, if you're not giving Cook the ball, if you're only letting him play 10 to 20% of the time, it's very difficult for him to get into a rhythm. So, Yeah, I would love to see him make an impact. I mean, I would love to see less of Zach Moss. And if Cook being on the field more means less Zach Moss for sure. And Singletary again, like he's a good player. He's actually shown some ability out of the backfield to to be a decent pass catcher. 
but I don't think he has the type of moves that Cook does to break out a 25, 30-yard type run. And I think we can get that from a guy like James Cook. So I think in this kind of game, we're going to need it. Final piece to talk about, controlling the clock. There is limited time in every game. I know games, football, we feel like they're so long. But they're not as long as we think. They don't get as many drives as we think. And you really need to score pretty much on every drive when you're playing a team like Kansas City. But I think your drives also need to be long. Now, I'm not going to complain if Allen throws another 98-yard touchdown to Gabe Davis. But we do need to find ways to control the clock a little bit. And some of that falls on a run game, which... We don't have, and don't I don't expect... It's a problem. I mean, it, you know, I would love running the ball if we had a running back that could do it a little better, where we could have a little more balance. Of course, we don't have that. Kevin did bring up Christian McCaffrey, which is an interesting one. Just looking this morning, just before we jumped on the show, if anyone doesn't know, the Bills have actually put in two trade offers already for the Panthers, Christian McCaffrey, and both of them have been declined. So the Bills are seriously trying to get another running back. They are clearly aware of the issue that they have with the running game, and they want a guy like McCaffrey, who I should note is an incredible receiving running back. So the Bills are all in. I mean, this is the year, so I'm certainly not concerned. I would love to get a guy like Christian McCaffrey if he can stay healthy, which I'm not sure if he can, but I do like that the Bills are trying. They're trying to get better. They're trying to figure out a way so that in a game like this, they can control the clock. Because they throw the ball a lot, it's very hard for them to do so, right? Yeah, we have so few holes on this team. How do you improve? Running back feels like almost the only spot that we can improve, knock on wood, you know, with injuries. But to me, it's, does that get you completely over the top? To me, we're already the best roster in the league. The running game has been a problem for years. Does this completely fix that issue? It definitely does if Christian McCaffrey stays healthy. Uh, with Singletary, you know, expiring contract, and to me, Zach Moss, I would just straight up cut. But that would honestly completely put us over the top because that's the one issue with this team is the running game. Score predictions. That's how we're going to close out this episode. Kev, score prediction on this one. 38-24, Bills. Wow. I had a very, very close in my head, just letting you all know we did not have this planned. I had 38-21 for the Bills. I think it's going to be a pretty big win. I think that it's going to be close early on, but I think once they enter the second half, the Bills' defense, like you talked about, has given up almost nothing in the second half. I think we're going to see something very similar. I think we're going to see a Bills team that is very well coached and that makes really, really impressive adjustments in the second half. I think that it's going to be, like I said, very close in the first half. I could see it being 14-10, to 10, that kind of a look. And then in the second half, the Bills are going to pull away. And really, it's going to be all about the Bills' defense. I think that's going to be the difference maker. The Bills' defense is a hell of a lot better than the Kansas City Chiefs. So I'm surprised both of us don't have this being as close as I sort of thought it would be last night. But then running through, talking about the Bills, I got so excited. 38-21 Bills. Kevin's got 38-24. to Thank you so much for listening. And we... Gonna be at the game, baby. We gotta leave now. Go Bills! Go Bills! You're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.